With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay. Welcome to another Virial USA podcast, a quick hit after our 3-1 victory against Alaves. I've got Zach with me, and... Um, Okay, so we were told not to panic after the Barcelona debacle, and um, so today was better. We obviously weren't playing Barcelona. No, and, and, and I think very specifically, uh, Mario Gaspar wasn't playing Barcelona, and uh, that has seemed to help quite a lot. Yeah, it really did. I think um, I, I think that the issue for Virial today, and I, and I hate to keep sounding like a broken record, but I think we've all said this, is that, you know, this was one of these matches where you look at Alaves, they're, in most people's predictions, certainly mine, expected to be the, the um, a team that, that goes down at the end of the year. And these are points you need to take. And the, the hard reality of it is, if you look back at, gee, I'm just looking. Okay, so the last six matches before today against Alaves, and they've been pretty poor in most years since they've been back in the Primera. Um, we've never drawn against them, oddly enough, but we've lost half of them. So it's kind of good today to um, to go out and put together a victory, albeit with some with some issues that we still need to work on. Well, yeah, but I, I kind of feel like after a win like this, you have one of two choices. You can either say, okay, yeah, we, we won, but we had this mistake from the keeper and we had this that went wrong. That You can either pick it apart like that or you can say, look, over a 38-game season, Sometimes you just go out there and you get, you know, you get a two goal win against a lesser side and you just write off the mistakes and you push forward because I, not, not every, you know, you're not going to beat a weak team five by five goals every time you play them. No. Sometimes I, you just, you know, yeah. you take the win, you don't fuss too much about the problems and you go on with it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, and I suspect Emery will uh, will have that view that, you know, certainly there were some things that he'll say, okay, we need to work on this because against a better side, we can't, we can't afford to give these opportunities or whatever. I mean, their goal was a complete joke. Um, so I'm not even going to worry about that. Um, I think it was more that the, only, the, the two things that I saw that um, I suspect um, the coach saw as well and will want to work on were Early on, their high press was bothering us and creating some turnovers more than we'd like. And the other thing was that late on, and I think this was really a function of just our strikers having been running around for a long time, getting tired. Um, you know, they had they had some half chances late on, but yeah, I think it was. I think what's more interesting is to look at the changes Emery made um, from Barcelona from the Barcelona game, both in terms of tactics and in terms of personnel. 
Um, admittedly, Coquelin was out, so Ebora had to come in for him. Um, and uh, but you know, other, other than that, having Trigueros in there, having um, going to more of a four-three-three, I guess was was uh, seemed like a much more dynamic approach for us. Yeah, I agree. Um, the I think we had a lot more control. I think what we did is we kind of reversed the script from the Barcelona match because in the Barcelona match, we went out there with a 4-4-2 and we got outnumbered in midfield. Uh, and then today, Alaves played their 4-4-2 and we, we flipped around and put a three-man midfield and we had uh, the numerical advantage in there. Um, I love the combination of... Um, of Ibora and Parejo especially. I think that should be first choice from now on, no matter what formation we're in. Uh, and I thought Trigueros uh, teamed up well with Parejo as well. So I was extremely pleased with the midfield. Yeah, I think for, for those of us who are, I mean, I've always been a big Trigueros fan, but I think for those of us who, who have followed Villarreal for, you know, since he came came up, really, um, it was great to see him out there and doing his thing and looking you know that that kind of kind of weird way he has of running forward and then making the pass as he looks like he's sort of falling backward. I just love it. I mean, it, it was it's kind of classic. Um, yeah, I thought those guys worked really well together. And what exactly? So Parejo has been playing with Cocalan, which is you know obviously somebody he knows because he played with him at at Valencia, but. It just seemed Parejo had a lot more freedom to roam today and, and a little more room to do his thing. And, and is the problem that Cocalan has just not been positioning as well, or or what? What do you see there? Is it has it been what he's been asked to do, or has it been where he's been trying to do it? So I'm not I'm not an expert on how Valencia ran their four four two with Cocalan and Parejo in the middle. Um, I do know that with a, pro, a big problem this year with our four four two and those two guys uh, has been two things. One, that Kokelon, uh is very often too far forward and out of position, um, and, and two, that he doesn't carry a very large passing load. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, forty five fifty passes is his usual, um, and and so today you get a Bora out there who. He's not quite as good an athlete as Kogelon, but he stays home defensively a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then Ebora uh, handled seventy passes overall. Now, I, I don't think, you know, I, I'm not a big, I'm not big on passing percentage, you know, because I, I think that doesn't tell you much about what kind of passes somebody hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of Ebora's passes are conservative, but him handling that many passes means that Parejo doesn't have to be the one recycling possession with the center backs the whole time. Parejo can be a little bit higher up looking for, looking for gaps, looking for spaces, and then he can receive it from a lower midfielder and play it off to Trigueros or play it off to a fullback. And he can be more expansive going forward because it's not his job to, you know, play tennis with, with uh, Albiol and Powell half the game. Right. Right. Yeah, and it, it seemed as though we we had a really good um, rapport. I think the first once the game got started, I mean, what what was really noticeable even before his first goal was how much more active Alcacer was, and he and Gerard were were linking up. Um, he and Moy were linking up. It it felt like a real um, 
from the guys who have been getting a lot of the complaints on the on our site, you know, people like Paco, people like Mario had had a good game today. Um, it, it was, I think, overall we could have created a few more chances, but don't forget we had two goals wiped off for offside too. Um, we did, and I, I didn't see the final number. I think late in the game we were sitting on like we we're sitting on like seven total shots or something like that, which is kind of a low number. Um, I think a lot of last year we averaged like twelve to fourteen. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but it's one of those things. If you're only going to get six chances, I mean, you want you want Palco Alcacer taking half of because he's he's that good of a finisher. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Gerard being over on the right, uh, one, it helped Mario out some. And I think that was a big part of tonight. It wasn't just that Mario was playing against a weaker opposition. It's that he had help from an extra midfielder and he had a, a much harder working right winger over there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then both Gerard and Moy um, tucked inside a lot tonight. And, and I think by doing that, it created – shorter passes to to get the ball onto Paco's feet so that all Paco had to do was get it and shoot. And as we've talked about before, um, that's really his situation. That's where he's absolutely elite. So mm-hmm. I didn't look at Paco's stats at the end of the game. I know at halftime he had like 15 touches, uh, which is pretty good for a striker of, of, of his style. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and clearly he, he made him pay when he got the ball in front of the net. Yeah, I was just looking. He had, uh, what did he have for touches today? Um, I'm going to guess he had probably um, 25 or 30 for the game. Yeah, he had 25 for for 83 minutes. So, yeah, for, for his style of play, that's that's not bad. I mean, he's had games where he's gone 90 minutes with 15 or, or 20. Um you know, as you might expect, uh, the guy with the most touches were Parejo with 94 and Powell with 92. But we really spread it around pretty well, um, which w- which was nice to see. Um, Alaves, I thought their um, best player was actually the ex-Virial um, Florian Lejeune, who is on loan from Newcastle in, in central defense, because he was a guy that he cleared a... Uh, Admittedly, not the strongest volley from Paco off the line, but he's cleared that off the line, and he made a diving interception of a Moy pass that would have been an easy tap in for Paco. So I thought he was he was really one of their better players tonight. Um, overall, I think we have to say, going into the game, we thought Alaves were a side that were going to struggle this year, and I think based on the evidence, we'd say the same thing after today. Um, I agree, um, but I do think one of the things I do like about this game, uh, especially if if Stupignan can get his ankle sorted out before Saturday, I don't know how serious that is or isn't, we'll find out, Um, but uh, we know that we're going to see a 4-4-2 again this weekend, um, because that's just what Adelaide does. So I, I think seeing this test case of our three-man midfield doing really well against a 4-4-2 I will hopefully encourage Emery to stick with that formation, stick with that midfield against tougher opposition um, so we don't find ourselves getting blown away by a team with more talent the way we did last weekend. 
Yeah, I think I thought that Emery clearly um, learned, as he said, I mean, it was his fault the way that he, he approached the game against Barcelona. I think he felt um, this was a little more, um, this was certainly a much better lineup. And, you know, if not for the, if not for the error from uh, on their goal, which was, I mean, it was like a total joke. I think Radio um, Radio Villarreal had actually gone to a commercial <laughs> before the goal kick that, that uh, led to it. And, um, you know, apart from that, I mean, I think you'd have to say this would have been a fairly comprehensive 2 or 3 nil win. So I think, he, I think the team got some confidence back after, after the Barca match. And I think Emery got some, um, you know, sort of vindication for, okay, let me look at what I can do differently and let's try it. Because this, this was more what we expected he would do, is kind of vary the, the style of play and the, and, the, uh, and the players to the opponent. And uh, I think it worked much better. What did you think of the going to the three-man central defense late on? I, I, it, seemed to, it seemed to work against... Uh, a fairly limited team like Alaves and and um, kind of choked the game off. But was there more to it than that, or was it just kind of getting people some playing time? Um, I think with a uh, with another match coming up on Saturday, you know, there's a few guys that if you can save a few minutes on their legs, he wanted to go ahead and do that. Um, also the timing of Estupinian's injury was really bad, um, for, mm-hmm. in terms of like his planned substitutions. I think Kubo was already waiting to come in when, when, um, Estupinian realized he wasn't going to be able to continue. Right. Um, so I think when he, what he ended up doing, um, was just adjusting to the injury by throwing on another center back. I don't know that he would have changed the formation quite so radically if Estupinian had stayed healthy. Uh, but he just throws the extra center back on there, knowing that against this particular team, uh, he can give some guys some rest. He can give a young guy like Kubo some playing time um, and ride out the last 15 minutes of a game that he kind of had control over. So I, I don't really see us going to three in the back anytime soon. Um, even if we even if we end up signing uh, Juan Foyt from uh, Tottenham, I don't think we're deep enough in the back to really uh, – be playing around with three center backs, but um, for this particular situation, I thought it worked well. Yeah, I think the only criticism I would have of Emery's substitutions, and admittedly, we had the the um, the uh, injury that kind of confounded them a little bit. But I was a little surprised that it, it felt like when we brought on Kubo first. I don't know. I would have brought on Baca for. Gerard or Paco first, probably Gerard, just because he was pretty tired. And I felt like bringing on Kubo in place of Trigueros, where he had two strikers up front who were pretty gassed, um, didn't really, he, he seemed to do much better once Baca was out there. Um, but that but that's a minor criticism. Yeah, I hope Estepinion's ankle is okay, because I thought he was great today. Um, something that's kind of just sticking in the back of my mind a little bit. Um, if we're going to end up staying with this three man midfield and, 
and Paco is going to end up, you know, continuing to play well up top. Mm-hmm. It really kind of makes our loan in of Kubo kind of awkward because, you know, when we go to that one up top thing and then Gerard becomes our top choice at right wing, then all of a sudden you've got Gerard, Chiquese, and Kubo all looking for minutes on that right wing. Yeah. And, and to me, I, you know, I, Kubo's, Kubo's talented, and you can maybe make the case that he's a little bit better than Samu. I don't know if he is or he isn't. But at the end of the day, if I have to choose between one or the other to be my second-choice right wing, I'd rather it be the guy we own. So it kind of makes you wonder, if we're going to stick with a three-man midfield, what do you do with Kubo? Yeah, I think that's that's a good question. I think the um, I think that's something that Emery is going to have to work out over over the course of the season. And, and of course, we've said going into the season that a lot of it is, you know, we know we're going to be playing in Europe. Um, so, you know, there'll, there'll be a lot of times where people need to get um, minutes just because somebody else needs a break. Um, I thought Kubo did well in his, in his little cameo today. Um, I, but yeah, it's an interesting question is what, what you do over there if you end up playing Gerard on that right wing that kind of shuts off the Kubo um, and and Samu um, combination. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's going to be an interesting thing for for um, for Emery to look at. But I have to think that there are going to be times when we go to this three-man midfield and we're resting Paco and have Gerard up top too. Well, and the other thing that I think is uh, that's going to play into it is uh, Moy Gomez isn't going to be able to play every single game this right. season. Right, so right. at some point, do you just, against a lesser team, do you toss Kubo on the left and say, hey, I know it's not your primary side, but go, but you're more talented than these people, so go figure it out. Yeah, you could. I, you could, definitely. I think I think Moy is, um, I think you're right, Moy is definitely a, a guy who, um, could get some get some rest. On the other hand, when you got Pedraza healthy, you can put him up there. I mean, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of attacking midfield talent that we can use, and and we can't get it all on the pitch at the same time. So, you know, any any last thoughts about today? I mean, you feeling better after all this? I hope. Uh, it, it, you know, obviously at any given point, you'd prefer to just go and completely blow somebody away by four or five goals where you like, don't even have to like pay that close attention anymore after halftime because you're, you're murdering the other team and you just kick back and enjoy it. But this was a, a quality performance and a quality win, um, that this team needed to be able to show that it could put out there. Uh, because at the end of the day, while our matches with Barcelona and Atleti and Real Madrid are going to get all the press, what's really going to make or break our league season are, are matches like this one. And so if we can put out these kind of performances and get these kind of results, it's going to be a very good season. Yeah, I was going to – I think that's right. I, I was looking at the – I know Sid and I were talking about, you know, give – after the first 10 matches is really a good time to look at things. And historically, we've done – reasonably well in the first 10 matches. I mean, we've, we've gotten between, you know, 15 and 20 points many seasons. 
the one season where we didn't, I think we had nine points after 10 matches, was the season we were relegated. So, you know, the fact that you go out here and after four matches now you have seven points, that's a, that's a positive. Um, you know, because as as we said, you're, you're facing two of the top three teams in the league, you're pretty sure, in the first five games of the season. So, you know, it might not be ideal timing for us. I think we have said all along that we expect to be getting better as the season moves on. And that's, and if it turns out we sign this, this fellow from Tottenham, that's going to be yet another um, point to make that, you know, he's got somebody else who now we need to get him into the squad and, and everything. And that takes time because he hasn't played in, in La Liga before. Right. So it's, it's going to be, um, it's, it's, it's a work in progress, but I think we, we can feel better after today. Um, that, yeah, it would, as you say, it'd be great if we could have been four nil up at halftime and, and coasted from then on. But, you know, historically Virial hasn't been very good at that. Those, those matches are pretty rare. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, just, we, we take the points we can get them. We are glad that what will probably be a Sinho's biggest blunder of the season didn't cost us any points. And, you know, and we get ready for uh, a tough one against an athletic side that uh, showed today that they were vulnerable, showed today that they, that Luis Suarez isn't like a magic pill that's going to fix their offense. So we'll see how we do. I was going to say, yeah, so they had six goals uh, on the weekend, and then today against Wesca it was nil-nil. It looked from the and it looked like just looking at the um, expected goals that their two best chances probably came off crosses from or corners or something because uh, Felipe Luis had one and I forget who had the other. But yeah, Suarez, uh, Felix had a lot of shots, but none of them were were worth much, and Suarez was pretty quiet. So. Yeah, I mean, if we can um, if we can go in and, and play well against them, you know, it's it's not it's not guaranteed that th- that they're going to take three points. So that's good. Okay. So anyway, we'll be um, focusing on. I know you already did a quick uh, recap of this match on the site. We'll be having a lot more um, before the weekend on Atleti. Um, and uh, and how that how that match previews and, and everything. So um, as always for Virial USA and Devon Virial. <laughs>